the thought process is normally um, they would check your left hip because that's where your sword would be. You would draw it out if you're right-handed. So he, There's no quick draws back in the yeah. day. Which, Everything is a big sweeping motion. <laughs> I love that that's like the exegesis of this. <laughs> there was this whole problem where yeah. it was like, all right, I'm checking his left hip. Nothing there. Perfect. And nobody's like, aren't you going to check the other one? <laughs> it's like, like his back or his ankles or anything else? Nah, <laughs> not just the left hip. That's fine. I got things to do. It works for I most got, people. I got, I got things. I got places to be. I'm not going to check the other hip. Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are two ex-Christian pole dancers. <laughs> um, by that, I mean we both did see you at the pole. Scott, did you do see you at the pole? I was the guy for see you at the pole for a number yeah. of years. God, man. I was that guy. That was my Super Bowl Sunday or whatever day it was. It was like a random weekday, Tuesday or something. I keep thinking I'm going to find something normal about your past. <laughs> or like maybe you just like sat in the back. But no, you're just like front and center. Oh, <laughs> like I was. A, yeah, yeah I, I was passing out the flyers for the thing. Like I was that guy. Um, and for those that don't know, see you at the poll is a really silly event that uh junior high and high school students put on and you meet at you, you it's a it's a whole like evangelistic tool you're supposed to like yeah. invite all your friends or your other christian friends um to the flagpole before school to do prayer and i think it started like in the 90s i'm not really sure when it kicked off well i think it started because teachers can't force kids to pray yeah some somebody had the idea of like uh, I'm guessing a teacher, somebody near you know school, came up with the idea of like, hey, we need to do like a prayer for the school, but not within the school uh, grounds. So, at some point in evangelical history, they would make this one day a year called "See You at the Pole," and you would show up to like school like an hour early, hold hands around the flagpole and pray, sing songs. The first year I did it was in fifth or sixth grade and i was the only kid out there by myself so just oh <laughs> so no <laughs> no one showed up no <laughs> so i was like see you at the pole and everyone said nope nope just imagine a little sixth grade scott just inviting his friends 
man, Scott, how'd that make you feel? It lit a fire in me to evangelize the whole world. I thought it's it's me against this whole school, and I'm gonna save them. <laughs> That's that that is a villain origin story right there. there. No matter how it goes in these types of events, it fires up Christians because you think about it. If I had a hundred people there with me, I would have been like, "Man, there's a movement. Something's happening here. This is awesome." Or the flip side, nobody could show up, and then my I'm going. God's got a lot of work to do this year. Better pray even harder, you know, and it flights. So it's like either way, you come out of the with the same outcome of like, I got a mission in front of me. So man. Lit my fire that year. Yeah. Ooh. I will, I will <laughs> I will admit I never actually did see you at the pole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I never You're I like, that's for nerds. <laughs> Kinda. Um <laughs> I just, I was like, I play in worship band. I spend Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Sunday, all this stuff at church. And why would I want to wake up at the ass crack of dawn with people who are not my friends? That's the wrong attitude. So you gotta, you gotta get in there, get into the school, infiltrate the lost, Evan. You gotta. Can't I be also this- think, I think there was one year where I was like, kind of thinking about doing it. And my parents conveniently forgot about it <laughs> because they would have had to like drive me to school. Yeah. Yep. The idea of like teenage Evan waking up before 7 a.m. to do literally anything. <laughs> I had that calling of it. I was, I was oh, doing God. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Every Wednesday at six, what was it? Six thirty. We met in the school. Oh, we've talked about how your FCA and my FCA were entirely different experiences. (laughs) Yours was like actual Christians. Mine were like folks that wanted to hang out and like drink beer. Oh no! Yeah, it was it was all serious on this side of things. But yeah, I got excited about any type of ministry event like this. So if it was see at the poll, I was up and early. The high school one, there was a lot of people, and we had teachers come to it too. Like there was a, I'd say like twenty or thirty people during the high school one. So it's like a God's Not Dead movie. It, it felt like a God's Not Dead movie. So <laughs> I can confirm that See You at the Pole was started because teachers forcing kids to pray was, or instructing kids to pray was, ruled unconstitutional. And so this was a way for churches to get around it by making it a student-led thing. That's exactly, yeah. I, yeah. I remember that's how it was pitched. I think like at our church, somebody kind of helped organize one somewhere else, and they gave his whole presentation of like why we should get involved at Sea at the Pole, and it's a great way for kids to show their initiation for ministry and blah, 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 blah. Um, Did you actually go to a pole, like a flagpole? Oh, yeah, we did it at the flagpole out front. Because we did, I will say, we did ACU at the pole in the middle of the school day. Oh. Um, but it was in the gym. No. It was like, see you at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> see you at the gym, weaklings. <laughs> see you at the gym, dweebs. Don't forget your pump covers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget your creatine. <laughs> See you at the gym. 
Uh, I love it. Oh, man. Well, speaking of bulking up for Jesus, today, the icebreaker, not so much of an icebreaker, but I guess just we're going to have to come up with some names, I guess. Like at some point, there's just topics in the news. Yeah. <laughs> today, Today's top story. When we hit season two of the podcast, everyone, we'll have everything's going to be updated. Just get ready. I want to talk about a viral commercial series that has been uh that it blew up at the super bowl and it was the he gets us.com campaign and i'm sure you saw it we've talked about it a couple of times you and me yeah but for those that are unaware or did not watch the commercials of the super bowl there was you just watched the super if you, bowl if you somehow only watched <laughs> the football part of it and skipped everything else first of all Con- you're well yeah. done well done well but also done. stay away from me <laughs> um, you just close your eyes every time like yeah. patty mahomes or jalen hurts is not on that field you're just like no sir not for me none of this rihanna <laughs> i don't need it i just want football that's it hmm. i don't even want the refs talking about stuff <laughs> um but there was a commercial series it was like a Trojan horse of Christian propaganda. It really was. That's the, the way, way I like, think about it. The way it got presented. And about halfway through, because I'd seen enough of these commercials to know. So yeah. to kind of like um, set the scene for this um, commercial, basically it's all black and white. And yeah. it's a bunch of pictures. And what it is was they took pictures from the summer of uh, Black Lives Matter protests in 2020 and put phrases in there like he divided people or he united people or things like that yeah the phrasing was very generic and it was very generic on purpose and so you're sitting there because you're asking yourself okay is this like a blue lives matter or black lives matter yeah um commercial what's going on and i can't remember what line it was it was like line. other things like he was fed up with politics too, or like yeah. uh he supported women's equality, or he was able to be mistreated and didn't cast violence on others. Yeah. And so it was kind of like it started like yeah, Evan was saying it, it started in these more general terms of just getting your attention, like yeah. oh, he didn't like the politics either. And then it hits you just right across the jaw with like Jesus Jesus was a refugee, or Jesus like loved women he gets us and it's just like he gets us.com yeah and then you go to their site and you can buy merchandise (laughs) i've got an article here that says like uh both the far right and the far left are upset about this yeah um the far right are upset about it because of how the things it portrays portraying jesus as like a refugee or portraying him as you know, a wanderer, things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a direct quote from a uh, far-right politician here that's just like, is open borders biblical? You tell me. It's oh, jeez. Like, oh, yikes. Um, but then you have uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, who said about the Super Bowl ad, <laughs> something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. Um. I mean, as a take, I I align a little bit closer to that because yeah, Super Bowl commercials are not cheap. And here's my my hot take on this 
I'll campaign, I'll call it. Just running the numbers, like the very general numbers of, of a Super Bowl commercial, it's around $20 million to air an ad during the Super Bowl. But they're also saying the group that was behind this is called The Signatory. Um, I'm not sure who they're affiliated with as far as like which denomination, but uh, they said The Signatory has funded uh, close to a billion dollars on these types of ads. I just did some just quick research and livingwaterwells.com uh has how much does a well cost in africa oh man uh cost can range from eighteen hundred dollars for a well in togo or benin uh to ten thousand dollars or more for a well in kenya or tanzania like you said they spent billions of dollars the budget was originally a hundred million dollars which could have on the conservative side of things bought a hundred wells in Africa. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I understand that from a ministry perspective, I mean, I've been there. You have to run as a business. You have to do ads. It feels so disingenuous, though, to do it during the Super Bowl. I can, I can totally understand for a local church or a local group that they're just trying to, they're trying to survive. They're trying to get their name out there. Personally, I think they just need to pray and evangelize. That's the way the Bible says your marketing team should run. But <laughs> Okay, but like in all seriousness, why do you need to get your name out there? If your church truly exists, if your, if your group I of know. people truly exists to advance the kingdom of God, and we are talking about like when, when you look at what Jesus talks about in the New Testament, Evan's going to get on his box get, right now. Get there. I like and when you, you get on their box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you. What did Jesus talk about in the New Testament more than anything else? He talked about treating other people well and caring for the poor, caring for the needy. Yeah. For some reason, the modern Christian church ignores all that and is just like, believe in Jesus, and that's it. As if that's all Jesus ever talked about. That's all that, that's ever spoken about in the Bible. Never mind literally everything else that's been said. And I this, this, this irks me down to my damn core because you have a hundred million dollars really a billion dollars as you were saying being spent on these shitty ass ads to just yeah. convince people to do what to do what so that's also what i'm mad about is i think it i'd have a little bit more grace towards this organization if their call to action was donate to us and we're going to help fix some of these problems just as Christ like hey go to he gets us.com and donate what i can't stand is that the wording they use and the call to actions they're using are so vague they're just trying to pick up anybody that has a remote interest in christianity cuz they're not targeting non-believers they're they're targeting people who are christians that are just kind of fed up with their current church status like oh i don't like being this going to this church, I should go to this cooler church that's a little bit more hip and, and with it. And what bothers me too is like, I went to their About Us page on He Gets Us, and it's the exact thing that every church, new church startup says. They're like, we're just a, a diverse group of people that's passionate about the authentic Jesus of the Bible. So when I hear that, all I, all I hear is, we are five white guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are five white guys 
who know Jesus more than anybody else. So we're going to branch off and start our new little group over here because those people don't know Jesus like we know Jesus. That I, I, I don't understand that. That it's always like this internal fight of like, well, we have it right, but you don't. So you should join our group because we, we got it 100% correct. Feels like madness to me. But the, the money and the spending is to me just disgusting. I can't believe they would spend Super Bowl ad money and try to say, oh, we're just raw and authentic. Oh, it's, <laughs> this is a hot topic for me. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I don't think it, it, it loses any sort of morality ground on criticizing anybody else for spending so much money on whatever. Like that is an absurd amount of money that could have been spent. And just like you're saying, there's no end goal. There is not. You go to their site and it's homepage. I can read an agenda. Again, no call to action. I can watch a couple videos, which are essentially the ads they showed Super Bowl Sunday. Or I can get free merch shipped to my house. I can get a free he gets us koozie and hat i don't get it i don't understand like coney 2012 had much more <laughs> of an end goal than this and it had already happened oh sorry here's a at the very bottom was this campaign to get me to go to church nobody wants to be preached to or pressured by somebody else jesus never forced or coerced anyone to follow him so neither do we we simply want to invite others to explore his life it 100 million dollars just to explore jesus the most famous figure Ever. Everybody knows Jesus pretty much. <laughs> like, why do we need to have a campaign? Like, just go to Wikipedia if you want to read about Jesus. It'll probably be a little bit more accurate than whatever you're shoveling, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> the Gideons have a great ad, you know, campaign, and you never hear them on Super Bowl Sunday, but they yeah. got a Bible in every hotel in North America. Like, yeah, go Gideons. <laughs> oh, my God. Like... <laughs> Dear God, like, it reminds me of this uh, little uh, article, little like comment strip I saw. Uh, the first panel was um, a student walking up to J.R.R. Tolkien, and it was like, Professor Tolkien, was the Lord of the Rings, was that about your time in World War One? And he was like, absolutely not, and if you say it again, I'll burn you. And the next panel <laughs> was C.S. Lewis going, if one single person doesn't know that the magic lion is Jesus. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> the magic lion. <laughs> and I was, but that's just, that's like, it's, it's, this shit is so heavy handed. It's so, and it's the problem with Christian media is it's heavy handed as hell. And I, and that's what's brutal about these ads. They're heavy handed, but also in the worst way, because, it, this is any modern, like, cool hip church is they're so wishy-washy. We're just about activism and love and forgiveness and inclusivity and spirits and connectedness. And it's like, none of those are tenets of the Bible. Either, like, just own it. Own what you are trying to sell. Yeah. Or start a, I don't care, start a country club that's all about inclusivity and connectedness and act activism and all that great any church that says we're all about you know inclusivity diversity everything like that my first question is my first question is will you marry a gay couple yeah absolutely i i was just uh thinking about the other day of how much 
churches I worked for and with would say, oh, we're like, we're a gay affirming church. Like we're totally, we're fine with that. But you just can't be on staff or you just can't lead worship if you're openly gay. And like, what that doesn't that doesn't make sense. You can't say like we affirm you and we support you, but also you can't work here. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you that, change who you are. Yeah, that would be like a diner in the sixties being like, We're black affirming, but just sit over there. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's you're separating and so yeah, that's a whole nother topic I get down in on, but it's it's it feels very snake like when these like hip churches try to like sneak their way in of like, well, we're just all about all these things. That's what's funny is I remember I was at I'll I'll wrap up with this story is I was at a uh, fundraising event I'll I'll leave the organization out of it but famous organization and the Illuminati yeah <laughs> just my <laughs> annual Illuminati dinner in the gym of an elementary school with uh, George Soros Beyonce and we had Panera <laughs> catered. <laughs> We were at this fundraising event for, you know, it's a notable Christian organization. And I just thought, you know what? Before I give, I want to know if in their bylaws they oh, I remember this. Aff- affirm being gay or not. Like if, you're, if it's okay to be gay or not. And I had to dig. I, I spent most of the din- dinner just like flipping between like hyperlinks on websites. And I finally found like that they were connect to the SBC, which then if you, anybody knows the Southern Baptist conventions bylaws, like you, you cannot be gay in church or like be a staff member, be gay. So like, that's the thing is like, everything was so hidden that how this organization was connected. But deep down, I found that they were affirming of those specific bylaws. And I was like, I'm not giving to this. I'm not giving to them because on the outside, they're going to say, Oh, but we're forward thinking and blah, blah, blah. But until you've, you know, drop those connections with, uh, organizations that are, you know, pressing people like that, then I'm not, I'm not interested. So anyway, same with he gets us not interested. <laughs> no, he doesn't get me. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. It's loud and confusing and I don't get it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, well, <clears throat> what are we, what are we talking about today? What's our, Hot topic. We're talking about the Goblin King and the Hobbit movie, <laughs> um, essentially. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to be in Judges 3, starting in verse 12. Uh, Israel is in this odd time before King David and before King Saul. At this time, they have what are called judges, and judges are basically like leaders. Um, yeah, they're like little Sheriff deputies, little gl- ten stars, just <laughs> as promised. Land ain't big enough for the two of us. They just sit around, just shining their shoes, you know, polishing their guns, whatever they do. Gideon, I'm a calling you out. <laughs> and we're starting uh, in verse twelve. It's a constant refrain in the judges that it goes up and down. Israelites. Um, do bad in God's sight. They get captured. Mm. They get enslaved. They get taken over. Israel cries out to God. God raises up a judge. And then there's prosperity for however many years the author of Judges <laughs> thought that person exists. <laughs> however long they can hold on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, 60 years, sure. <laughs> but the, in 12, uh, the Israelites again did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He gave Eglon 
king of Moab power over Israel because they had done what was evil in the Lord's sight. Because freaking Edgar Allan Poe had to meet a word limit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after Eglon convinced the Ammonites and the Amal Amalekites to join forces with him, he attacked and defeated Israel and took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites served Eglon, king of Moab, 18 years. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and he raised up Ehud, son of Gera, a left-handed Benjaminite. <gasps> left-handed. Left-handed. Gasp. Uh, I am also left-handed. <laughs> uh, the Israelites sent him to Eglon, king of Moab, with tribute money. Uh, Ehud made himself a double-edged sword 18 inches long. He strapped it to his right thigh under his clothes and brought the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was an extremely fat man. Um, now, the, there was there is something kind of important about him strapping it to the right side. Yeah, I want to pause there, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, normally people are right-handed, so they would... Did you say normally people are right-handed or normal people are right-handed? Both. <laughs> um, okay. He I said mean, it. I mean, freaking, like, what do you want from me? This isn't... It's not like... It's not like they had left-handed desks. If you're left-handed, turn this podcast off. We don't. If you're left-handed, your cancel me. Go ahead. <laughs> um, or fuck, cancel all of history. How about that? <laughs> the thought process is normally um, they would check your left hip because that's where your sword would be. You would draw it out if you're right-handed. So he, there's no quick draws back in the yeah. day. It, Which, everything is a big sweeping motion. <laughs> I love that that's like the exegesis of this. <laughs> there was this whole problem where yeah. it was like, all right, I'm checking his left hip. Nothing there. Perfect. And nobody's like, aren't you going to check the other one? And it's like, <laughs> like his back or his ankles or anything else? Nah, <laughs> not just the left hip. That's fine. I got things to do. It works for I most got, people. I got, I got things. I got places to be. I'm not going to check the other hip. <laughs> When Ehud had finished uh, presenting the tribute, he dismissed. Uh, I, how I'm going to be saying this judge's name is going to change throughout yeah, this. Yeah, it's fine. Chapter. It's fine. When Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he dismissed the people who carried it. At the carved images near Gilgal, he returned and said, King Eglon, I have a secret message for you. The king called for silence, and all his attendants left him. Then Ehud approached him. While he was sitting alone in his room upstairs where it was cool. So freaking cool. It was so rad. Sweet. Mine says he was sitting alone in his cool roof chamber. <laughs> you think uh, he walked in and was like, God damn, this is a cool ass roof hey, chamber. God damn, this is a sick ass roof chamber. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the new Xbox? <laughs> You got the PS5? Damn. He's got a Papa son? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a George Foreman over there? He <laughs> said, I have a word from God for you. And the king stood up from his throne. Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and plunged it into Eglon's belly. Even the handle went in after the blade, and Eglon's oh, wow. fat closed in over it. My God. This reminds me of that episode of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, where Ed <laughs> eats so much he becomes a sumo wrestler. 
Mm. Oh no, it's uh Jimmy. I think. No, uh yeah, Jimmy eats so much he becomes a super wrestler. Mm. And then um Then they stab him to death. Yeah, he goes to fight Ed. Oh. And Ed goes to run and like get into uh and fight Jimmy and he goes to like plunge himself at him and he just gets swallowed up into Jimmy's like belly button. That's ex- I think they stole this verse from Ed and Eddie, whoever I'm judges. most confident. Yeah. Um, even the handle went in after the blade and Eglon's fact was over it so that Ehud did not withdraw the sword from his belly and Eglon's insides came out. Mine says the the dung came out. So just, just his turds came out. Interesting point. So and when I read this and it says the insides came out, I'm imagining that like he stabbed it, the hand came over or like the uh, fat clothes over the handle and then insides are just kind of like so, like seeping out over um, Ehud's arms. But what you're saying is that it was just almost like a button. Like, <laughs> <laughs> stabbed or him, he just shit then... himself after. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Um, just a big old like dart. I happened. I I really I'm gonna ignore the urge to just nerd out and get the math and physics of like how much would you have to pull on a blade to pull it out of pure fat? Because Ehud was trying his darndest to pull it, and it says he could not pull it out of his belly. So either somehow there's so much fat clogging up the sword that. Him applying 200 pounds of pressure or whatever. Mathematicians, get on it if you're listening. <laughs> I need to know how much it work it would take uh, Ehud to pull this sword or dagger out of just pure fat. But this is a wild story. A quick internet search did not yield me anything yeah. for how fat Ehud It feels was. like a tough physics problem. <laughs> yeah. um, this is wild. This yeah. is bananas. Ehud escaped... <laughs> I love this part. Yeah. Uh, Ehud escaped by way of the porch. <laughs> um, just went out to the porch. Yep. And uh, closing and locking doors of the upstairs room behind him like he's playing Friday the 13th. Just like, yeah. oh, got to get in here. Lock that. Got to get in here. Lock that. Make sure fat Jason isn't coming after me. Uh, Ehud <laughs> was gone when Eglon's servants came in. They looked and found the doors of the upstairs room locked and thought... He- Eglon was relieving himself in the cool room. They're like, man, what's he doing in that cool room all day? He's what's probably he that cool room? probably jaying off. He's <laughs> jaying off in his cool roof chamber. You know how you know how our dope ass king is. You know the one that we have to roll around. You know the giant pumpkin shaped one. Yeah, you know the <laughs> one that we have to bring a bedpan for, <laughs> like. The one that has his own TLC show. Yeah, you know Brendan Fraser, our king. <laughs> Oscar award-winning whale. <laughs> hey, shout out to Brendan Fraser. Congrats, I mean, he man. won. Yeah. Hey, come on the podcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> if you got nothing better to do, come on our podcast, please. <laughs> please, 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 please. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the servants waited until they became worried and saw that they had still not opened uh, the doors of the upstairs room, so they took the key and opened the doors, and there was their lord lying dead on the floor. There their lord, it said, and there lay their lord dead on the floor. Uh, mine says they waited until they were embarrassed, is my translation. <laughs> so take that as you will. Yours said what? It was uh, they waited till they were 
They waited until they became worried. Worried. That was mine. Was it was like, boy, it's Jaying off a long time. <laughs> but yours was just like embarrassed. Boy, we sure are standing out here a long time. Hope nobody thinks we're lazy. Yeah, like, we're we're not lazy guards. Okay, we ha- we we are good at our jobs. We're we're looking for our guy. <laughs> Yeah, Moab became subject to Israel that day, and the land was peaceful 80 years. Uh, after Ehud, Shamgar, son of Anath, became judge, he delivered Israel by striking down 600 Philistines with an Ots code, and then it goes immediately into Deborah. So Shamgar gets like a nice little shout-out right there. Yeah, let's talk about this like specimen of a human being. Like this, He gets one verse in the whole Bible. Don't know anything else about the Shamgar, except that he killed 600 Philistines with a cattle prod a, yeah. a stick basically meanwhile what did ehud do he killed fat bastard <laughs> this is an austin powers origin story it really is now i'm imagining ehud just in like 60s swinger style Get in my belly. i'm left-handed baby yeah i'm left-handed baby yeah <laughs> This is a cool room. Shagadelic, Eglon. Shut up. Do I make you randy, Eglon? Do I? I knew. I knew it was going. Do I make you horny? I think we need more mashups of, like, comedies and their parallel Bible stories. Oh, that's great. This is definitely that. um, I I completely forgot about the story until you mentioned it uh, about... Oh, Eglon. Uh, yeah, about Eglon and Ehud. And I remember, like, I read it, and it was just, again, one of those stories I read, and then I didn't fully comprehend, like, how odd it was. Yeah, I was going to um, say, like, what was, was it ever taught to you as a kid, or was this one you read in your own time? And The only thing I remember is the, like, it's important that he put it on his right thigh. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have checked it, you know? If that <laughs> bananas, if that truly was a practice, if that truly was, you know, the cream of the crop guards that you have that were just like, we only check one hip here at the Moabite. No house. more. One yeah. leg we're touching. We got things yeah. to do. Yeah. Hey, Joey, we unionize. We don't check two hips. We're, yeah. So you, you, you only need. We're getting paid overtime if we have to do the other leg, okay? Cool, so let's cool just, it with all the patent, all right? Most people are right-handed, so just check the left hip. You'll be groovy. You'll be fine. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen, huh? <laughs> what, they're going to come in and stab our boss? Some left-handed guy? Come on. It's, it's modern day. People don't do this anymore. I, I can spot a left-handed guy from a mile away. I know yeah, That guy about. left-handed. <laughs> That guy juggling left-handed, probably left-handed. <laughs> that, that guy over there uh, paying for something with his right hand, probably left-handed. That guy putting on a puppet show with just his left hand and with no right arm whatsoever, toss-up. Toss-up. <laughs> Give or take. He might have been a previous right-hander, but now yeah. left-handed. I don't know why I'm suddenly turning into Bernie Sanders. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> he might have been. <laughs> 
Okay, my, my final thoughts on this. Unless you have any other final thoughts on Eglon. Oh, no, this has gotten away from me. Yeah. <laughs> this this is also, I'm in the same boat. Uh, this one was not like taught to us in any capacity. I think I encountered this in some Bible reading plan I was going through. I just did like a full year study thing. And this was one of the days I read and thought, this is like a bonkers story. This feels like... Someone got bored with the other judges' stories as they were copying the Bible and thought, let's just throw in like a kind of a Mission Impossible-esque story in the middle of Judges, uh, right before we get to Deborah. It is cool, though, that they were just like, crap, we got to get rid of this king. Let's get someone to go in and kill him. And they were like, what we're going to do is we're going to give you tribute money. We know that the guards will not change. Yeah. <laughs> they will only check... <laughs> I they love that they're like, tips. these guards, they are 100% are not checking that. <laughs> we know them. For some reason, it's, I imagine like there's like one uh, Israelite who's, you know, ocean. <laughs> He's like, what you're going to do? Um, <laughs> what what, what you're going to do, Ehud, is you're going to, we're going to give you tribute money. You're going to go in, you're going to put your sword on your right hand. Where the right hand? Because the guards will only check one on the left. What they check the right. Camera cuts to like Ehud, like. Don't worry, don't worry. They won't. Jimmy will be a distraction. There's <laughs> a poker table in the background. <laughs> Miss Scarlet's gonna adjust her necklace. That's when you go in. Yeah, you're gonna walk up and you're gonna say, "I have a message for you." That'll be the signal. That'll be the signal for Eglon to silence the whole crowd. Eglon, for some reason, loves messages. <laughs> He loves a good message. I'll be in the unmarked camel outside with my binoculars. <laughs> and then you walk up to him. You get into the cool room with him. But once you're in the cool room with him, first off, just you enjoy have to look it. Around. Yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> Please tell us how freaking cool this is. Not room many was. people get to see how cool that room is. It's super cool. No, not since my ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> and then you stab him. <laughs> just fucking stab him. <laughs> Who's like, all right, I'm real excited about getting my sword back after stabbing him. <laughs> oh, crap. Literally, oh, crap. One thought I will, to give some positive spin, I guess, on this is it's, it is fun to see that the Bible, as, as a vehicle for some of these fun stories, and that it's mm -hmm. not just a religious textbook that is all about, you know, worship practices and rituals. People have to remember the, the Bible is just, is a conglomeration of all these different stories and and tales. So it, it's to me it's kind of fun that you, you know yeah they, this was entertainment that people are probably coming to this story for the entertainment. And I mm -hmm. think it's I'm sure modern day pastors and whatnot are going to go oh since it's the word of God we got to try to model our lives off of this verse and like I don't think that's the case I think you read this one for fun I think they read this one in church or as in any community <laughs> or at a temple or whatever as like this is just a entertainment story that we there's no lesson to be had necessarily other than how freaking cool is Ehud as you know Tom Clancy over here just like <laughs> this was Man, this was the expendables of the day. I was gonna say, yeah, like, like, or this was like freaking, you know, Mission Impossible yeah, Fallout. This from is back in absolutely yeah. just like this was their blockbuster action movie yeah. of the year. It was their Ehud stabbing the giant. 
This was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania right here. This was that year. And Shamgar was the really crappy sequel that didn't have enough writing behind it. They're like, oh, next, the sequel of Shamgar, he's going to be super buff. He can kill anybody with any object. And it was a dumbass story, and so they only put a sentence for him in They they had a pilot episode, and then the network execs didn't like it, and it shut down. Well, that's all I think we got for that for that story this week. So, uh, what what you been consuming? This is nothing. We'll rebrand. What are you plugging, or what are you? What are you? What did what you, you watch eating? or eat <laughs> or experience in the last week, Evan? Man, nothing all that much. I did an improv show uh, yesterday uh, here in Philadelphia. Uh, it was really fun. Um, we went to it was part of Comedy Sports Philadelphia, and it was at the Adrian Theater over here, and we. You know, did some cool improv. You killed it. Um, Crushed it. You, you don't know that. You weren't here. Well, I heard stories from others, and they... Like, like me, when I told you about it today. I heard the applause from the East Coast. I could just That's... hear it rip-roaring. But you also probably heard me laugh and ruin everybody else's sketch, that because did... in, yeah. in the recording that my friend recorded for us, I ruined everybody else's skit because I was laughing too loud. I don't... I can't relate to that at all. I laughing too loud in a microphone never happened to me. I was so embarrassed after the fact. I was just like, Jesus, everybody recorded these for their like loved ones or whatever. And I'm just ruining it by being like, huh? Huh? Relatable. What about what about you? What what what's what's on your uh, what's on what's on your tickle list? What's tickling your fans? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we watched uh Cocaine Bear on saturday <laughs> how was that um it was a it was a wild ride i didn't realize it was directed by elizabeth banks she's hilarious oh, okay. um oh, oh. uh lizzie banks lizzie banks yeah yep that's she loves that <laughs> yep. she's been on the show multiple that's times. right she's one of our favorite guests we have that's the next week we're gonna have elizabeth banks and brendan frazier on our show and um paul rove <laughs> yeah <laughs> We should probably start from the bottom of the celebrity yeah. list. Um, it was actually a really fun movie. It's 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 as silly as you can imagine it for a movie titled Cocaine Bear, uh, but it, it's a fun ride. I want Cocaine Bear, but I want someone to just do the Benny Hill theme throughout <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Basically, that's what I want. I, I'd want the soundtrack to be replaced with that. The one thing that I feel a little sad, maybe not sad, but and it's curious, is it was Ray Liotta's last movie. I I totally forgot he died. Like, oh wow, really? Right after production of that movie, so he's in the movie. I was like shocked he came on screen. I was like, Ray Liotta's in this film, but he shows up, and then at the end it says in in memory of Ray Liotta. I was like, oh my God, he'd like, I totally forgot he passed right after that movie. So if you want to see Ray Liotta's last one song, final movie, <laughs> cocaine bear. <laughs> oh, man, so, That's all I got. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, stay tuned and stay watching our social media for information regarding our live stream of adventures in the old Testament. We'll be playing that video game and having loads of fun. Um, or is at least as much fun as we can have. You can follow us on Instagram, 
TikTok or uh, Twitter at UnblessedPod. We also want to hear your thoughts. You can email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. And without as Evan has always... the, a massive burp to get out at the oh very end of this podcast. Oh my God, it's <laughs> horrible. It's just, he's fighting for his life over there. I am fighting. Uh, My name is Evan. (laughs) I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible. Bye.